This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. The topic of today's podcast is the science of reading, phonics instruction, and the National Reading Panel. Now, in this podcast, I'm going to start with a definition of the science of reading or reading science that I got from an article written by Tim Shanahan. And since the science of reading clown club seems so enamored with phonics, and since the National Reading Panel is the epitome of reading science, we're going to look at what the National Reading Panel report actually had to say about phonics. And you might just be a wee bit of surprise. So let's first define the science of reading. Now, I have disagreements here and there with Dr. Timothy Shanahan. That's okay. But in a recent article in Reading Research Quarterly, he offered what I thought was a very good understanding and definition of what counts as the science of reading. In this article, they also describe the two different kinds of educational research, basic research and applied research. So let's start here. Basic research is research that's done apart from the setting in which it's used. It has the goal of improving the understanding of a particular phenomenon or to improve or enhance a theory. In reading, basic research would, be, would include things like brain imaging studies, eye movement research, miscue analysis, priming studies. These are all important because they add to our understanding of reading and reading instruction. They expand our theories and make our theories more robust. Applied research is done in the setting in which it will ultimately be used. It has the goal of identifying causal relationships. In education, applied research is done in the classrooms with students to see how something actually functions or works in the real-world setting. This is the type of research with which most of us are likely familiar. You typically have two similar groups. You give treatment A to one group and something different or no treatment to the other. And at the end, you see if the differences in the two groups are, are statistically significant. If they are, you can say with some degree of confidence that treatment A was the cause of the difference. Another type of applied research is done to see if the effect of something to a single, uh, a single group had any effect or had any significance. Meaning that you give a pretest, then you administer treatment A to the group, then you give a post-test. If the difference between the pre and post-test are statistically significant, you might be able to say that treatment A was effective in making that something happen. Now, that's a very simple overview of controlled experimental research in education. The two groups, one experimental and one control, or treatment group and control, and then the single subject design. Now, let's take a look at the science of reading to see what, if we can understand exactly what it is. People throw out that term and just assume everyone has a common understanding. Now, again, I don't always agree with Dr. Shanahan, but I thought he did a good job in defining and describing the science of reading. He says 
The science of reading is that which is based on applied research using controlled experimental studies or controlled experimental research. In a recent blog, he wrote this, and I quote, To me, a science of reading, if we are talking about education, requires that our prescriptions for teaching be tempered by rigorous instructional evaluations. If a claim hasn't been tried out and found effective, then the claims, no matter how heartfelt, aren't part of reading science. Now, there are different views and interpretation of reading science, but according to Dr. Shanahan, reading science is based on the premise that only findings that come from controlled experimental research using applied research should be used to determine what reading instruction should look like. In other words, only strategies that have been shown to be effective using controlled experimental research and conducted in an actual learning environment should be used to determine what's effective. Only this type of research should be used to design reading programs and to make reading policy. <clears throat> now, I think this is a very limited view and excludes, uh, excludes a lot of important qualitative and descriptive research, but I could live with Dr. Shanahan's interpretation of reading science or the science of reading if it was used correctly and consistently, but it's not. Now let's take the issue of phonics instruction. Members of the Science of Reading Clown Club have consistently claimed that phonics instruction needs to be included in a comprehensive reading program. No argument there. Everybody believes phonics instruction should be included in beginning reading instruction. It's not the what, it's the how and the how much. Now, the Science of Reading Clown Club puts a great deal of stock in the National Reading Panel Report. And by the way, Tim Shanahan was a big part of this. I would encourage everybody to read the National Reading Panel Report. Actually read it. Don't just sound out the words. Don't just look at the executive summary. Don't look for someone else to interpret it for you. Read it. You can find lots of links to this online. Now, the National Reading Panel Report reviewed over 100,000 research articles and selected only studies that use controlled experimental research conducted in a classroom, that applied type of research. They then issued a report on their findings. And in their findings, there was nothing new here. The report simply reinforced many of the things that we already knew, many of the things that the International Literacy Association and the National Council of Teachers of English have been saying for decades. But there's some good stuff in there. <clears throat> so if you need reminding, if you need an official report to tell you things we've known for decades, well, go ahead and read it. Now, if you are a certified member of the Science of Reading Clown Club, I would encourage you to read the chapter on phonics. The report says that phonics instruction was shown to be effective. Absolutely. No argument there. But effective in what? For how long? For who? However, 
The Science of Reading Clown Club and other clowns like Emily Hanford and Louisa Motes have taken that statement to mean that all phonics instruction is effective for all students all the time and for all purposes, and everyone should have it. They adamantly insist that all students need a healthy helping of direct, explicit, systematic, synthetic phonics instruction. They believe that if you're a struggling reader, it's because you haven't had enough direct, explicit, systematic, synthetic phonics instruction. And only if everybody had a healthy helping of direct, explicit, systematic, synthetic phonics instruction, all our reading problems would go away. And the reason why teachers aren't handing out healthy helpings of direct, explicit, systematic, synthetic phonics instruction is because they haven't been trained, in quotation marks, the right way as pre-service teachers. Teacher preparation programs like the one I work at are to blame. I'm to blame. They would insist, the Science of Reading Clown Club, that professors like me should spend weeks and weeks teaching students how to implement science of reading approved programs that provide step-by-step -step instruction for implementing direct, explicit, systematic, synthetic phonics instruction. Also, all our direct, explicit, systematic, synthetic phonics instruction courses should only be taught by people certified in direct, explicit, systematic, synthetic phonics instruction. And certification would be conferred by the National Direct, Explicit, Systematic, Synthetic Phonics Instruction Association. Thereafter, all schools would be forced to buy Science of Reading approved direct, explicit, systematic, synthetic phonics instruction programs. And classroom teachers should be forced to use these direct, explicit, systematic, synthetic phonics instruction programs and follow the directions exactly as they are written. Only then will all reading scores across America and beyond be above average. Okay, phonics instruction, important. But let's look at what the National Reading Panel Report actually says about phonics instruction. This report is often referenced, again, by the Science of Reading Clown Club. It implements all the reading science described as being important and essential by the Science of Reading Clown Club. And on the cover of this report, it literally says this, and I quote, an evidence-based assessment of the scientific research literature on reading and its implications for reading instruction. That should give the Clown Club lots of confidence in this report. So here are some things that seem to be overlooked by the Science of Reading Clown Club. And the first one is the limited impact of phonics. This is what this report says. And if you think I'm making this up, go look at it yourself. It said, phonics instruction failed to produce a significant impact on the reading performance of low-achieving readers in grades 2 through 6. Failed to produce significant impact. And what do we do with struggling readers? We give them more phonics so they cannot read even more. It said the impact of phonics on comprehension is limited. The majority of studies focused on first grade students, asking them to read a single sentence. 
Now, there's a very high correlation between word recognition and comprehension. So, in other words, the impact of decoding single words is very strong when reading single sentences. Also, phonics instruction contributed only weekly, if at all, in helping poor readers apply these skills to read actual text. You get a blip in phonics scores, but does that blip transfer to authentic text where you're trying to create meaning, trying to comprehend? And the report says, no. There were insufficient data to draw any conclusion about the effects of phonics instruction with normally developing readers above first grade. Yet, what does the clown club insist that we all teach? Phonics, phonics, and more phonics. Also, the effect size on reading single words out of context was greater than the effect on comprehension. Single words out of context. Now, if you instruct students how to decode single words out of context, they're going to do better on measures of decoding single words out of context. But when in your real life have you encountered a single word out of context floating in space? Words are always found in the context of a sentence, a label, a sign, or some sort of environment. <clears throat> And the last thing about phonics, the majority of effect sizes involved reading single words out of context. Only 24% involved text reading. And this text reading usually, since the majority of students were in kindergarten or first grade, involved reading a single sentence. So we don't know much about the impact of phonics on comprehension. Now let's see what the National Reading Panel said about balanced literacy instruction. And I know that's going to make the heads explode of the Science of Reading Clown Club because they insist that that's a bad thing, even though they tend not to know what balanced literacy instruction is. They just know it's bad and they should be against it. When I ask them to define what it is, well, you know, they once they start explaining what they think it is, it, you realize that they don't know anything about literacy or balanced literacy instruction. Never have so many known so little about so much. So let's hear what it says. First, programs that focus too much on the teaching of letter-sound relations and not enough on putting them to use are unlikely to be effective. Hmm, too much on letter-sound relations. Students need to apply their skills in daily reading and writing activities. Are students reading books, self-selected books, every day? Are they writing every day? Second, systematic phonics instruction should be integrated with other reading instruction to create, quote, a balanced reading program, unquote. Again, quote, a balanced reading program, unquote. Not my words the panel's words. Quality literature should be included in a reading program. That means we need to find good books for children to read, help them fall in love with books so they can practice their skills in authentic reading context. <clears throat> Phonics should not 
this is the fourth one, should not become the dominant component of a reading program. And what does the science of reading clown club ask for? Phonics, phonics, and more phonics. Fifth, it is important to evaluate children's reading competence in many ways, including their interest in books and their ability to understand information. Yet, what do we do? We assign them a number. We give them a standardized test. And we give them a percentile ranking. Their reading competence is quantified, and we give them that number. And only the things that can be quantified, like scores on sounding out word measures, are measured. We measure that which can be measured, and if it can't, we say it's not important. Further, programs that focus too much on phonics, with little time spent practicing reading, like books, are likely to be ineffective. And again, too much on phonics? unlikely to be effective or likely to be ineffective. Now, here is a direct quote. Systematic phonics instruction should be integrated with other reading instruction to create a balanced reading program, unquote. Page 2-97. Balanced reading program. Again, another quote. Phonics should not be the dominant component in, in, in a reading program, neither in the amount of time devoted to it nor the significant attached Again, page 2-97, quote. And the last one. It is very likely that phonics programs that emphasize decoding exclusively and ignore the other processes involved in learning to read will not succeed in making every child a skilled reader. And then I found this, a variety of ways to teach phonics. We tend to think of phonics instruction only as synthetic phonics, synthesize, put together. Letter sounds, letters, sounds, letter sounds, you put them together to create words. Sound it out, we say. But there are several ways to teach phonics. Synthetic phonics, analytic phonics, embedded phonics, analogy phonics, which is sometimes called large unit phonics, onset rhyme phonics, and phonics through spelling. And the report said that each of these all approaches are equally effective. And if I were a reading teacher in first, second, third, or fourth grade, whatever, kindergarten, I would try to use a variety of all these things because some children, children are not standardized entities. Some will learn better one way, some will learn better the old. If you have a variety of ways, you're using more parts of the brain. And the last interesting tidbit from the report is this. Phonics instruction has been entangled with politics and ideology. Ideology is using ideas and beliefs to come, come to a conclusion. It's the opposite of science, which uses systematic data to answer questions. So I would posit this to you, my fine readers. The science of reading actually is the ideology of reading because they're not using science as much as they're using their preconceived ideas and their values of top-down control to come to conclusions about reading instruction. All right, this has been the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. We've been looking at a definition of reading science or the science of reading, and we've been looking at what the National Reading Panel Report actually said about phonics 
and I know this will make the heads explode, of many of my fine friends in the Science of Reading Clown Club.